Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 3. The coffee was good. There was no denying it. The coffee was great. If it had been socially acceptable to have an Irish coffee at nine in the morning, it would have been fantastic. But society frowned on things that made life fantastic. Society always frowned on the minority having fun. Thankfully, some bright spark had come up with flavoured syrups that made coffee even better. Filthy Henry sipped at his hazelnut latte as he walked back to the office, his third since breakfast, and thought about the accompanying muffin he had purchased with it to eat back at his desk. That was the problem with being half-human, half-fairy. All the fun of being able to perform magic, but none of the benefits. Any spell required something in the magical tank, and the magical tank needed to be filled up by eating and drinking, no matter how small the spell. A fairy had an innate ability to naturally create the magical energy required for spell casting, an ability that the average human body lacked. Not that humans knew about this evolutionary defect, but for a half-breed it was a problem. In order to refill the mana reserves, the pool of mystical energy which allowed him to perform magic, large amounts of food had to be consumed. More food than normal, so that the excess could be converted into mana. It was either that, or allow the fat stores in the body to be used as a source of energy. That was a process that was best avoided, unless a drastic amount of weight loss was required. Filthy Henry liked to keep his reserve of magic always full, just in case. The job from last night had used very little energy, but it was enough of an excuse to have a mid-morning snack. The fairy detective turned onto the upper end of Middle Abbey Street. Most of the shops were opening their doors, awaiting the first customer of the day to walk in. A Lewis, Dublin City's wonderful light rail system, trundled down the middle of the street with a slight screech of metal wheels on metal tracks. The light rail system, or fancy tram as Filthy Henry liked to think of it, was Dublin's answer to a cheap mode of transport, to get from one end of the city to the next, and even some outlying suburbs. Filthy Henry's office was located halfway down the street, the front door sandwiched between a Christian bookshop on one side and a derelict newsagent's on the other. It was ideally situated for a number of reasons, the primary one being that he had been able to buy both floors in the building, turning the top one into his apartment and the bottom one into a place of work thus giving him the world's shortest commute in existence, one he was so proud of that Filthy Henry had considered giving the Guinness Book of Records a call about it sometime. The fairy detective pulled out the front door key with his free hand as he neared the door, then spotted something outside the building that soured his mood. Even though it was early, Middle Abbey Street was not totally devoid of people. Dublin was like every city in the world. People that lived there had a requirement to work. It helped to pay the bills at the end of each month. So the suits trudged along, heading this way and that, all running late because it was already past nine. None of them cast a second glance towards Filthy Henry. They never did. He was just another face in the crowd. One the crowd as a whole generally deemed unworthy of their attention. Not that this bothered him. What did tug at his annoyance strings was that everyone was also avoiding the same spot in the middle of the street, whether they knew it or not. Standing in this reverse Bermuda Triangle, was somebody that nobody else in the world could see except for the fairy detective. What they were all subconsciously ignoring was a leprechaun, a full-blooded fairy. 
using natural fairy magic and the innate human ability to disregard that which they did not understand, the leprechaun was able to stand in the middle of the path unheeded. In a stereotypical sense of fashion, the leprechaun was wearing an emerald green suit with matching shoes and had a neatly trimmed ginger beard along the edges of his face. He was leaning nonchalantly on a golden cane, examining the dirt under his fingernails. Leprechaun, Filthy Henry said, walking up to stand beside the leprechaun. I've still got a month to pay off, so clear off. Still fitting in so well, half-breed, Leprechaun said, walking over to the front door of Filthy Henry's building. We need to have a conversation. He tapped on the door with the top of his cane, gesturing for the fairy detective to open it. Filthy Henry took a mouthful from his coffee and glared at the leprechaun. The problem with leprechaun, if you could narrow the list down to just one thing, was that the short arse was used to getting his own way. Worse still was that leprechaun was the de facto king of the leprechauns. Nobody had pushed him from the throne for the past 300 years. In that time, he had gathered around him enough people to make sure that whoever did try to push him fell down themselves, hard and repeatedly preferably onto something very sharp and probably poisoned. Plus, like all of his big-headed race, he was a loan shark to the fairy world, and even certain financial institutes in the human one. Owing money to a leprechaun was like selling your soul to the devil. You got a good deal at the start, but you paid for it through the nose in the end. Owing money to leprechaun was worse still. It was selling your soul to a devil that the actual devil feared. Right now, filthy Henry, owed the pint-sized loan shark more money than he had earned in the last five years, and get-rich schemes were running out fast. The fact that Leprechaun was here, out in public, even if he was magically invisible to every non-fairy in the area, meant bad things were in the fairy detective's not-so-distant future. Well, I'd better just get this over with, Filthy Henry thought, and today had been going so well. With a forlorn sigh, he walked over, unlocked the door, opened it so that Leprechaun could enter the building, then followed quickly behind. As he closed the door, Filthy Henry caught a glimpse of a woman wearing a long black coat standing on the opposite side of the street, watching them. He took note of her, left the door on the latch, then walked past Leprechaun without saying a word. The fairy detective climbed up the rickety old staircase to the first floor and tried to figure out why the King of the Leprechauns had decided to drop around. At the top of the stairs was a small landing with a chair standing up against the wall, its cushion having clearly rested more than its fair share of bums over time. An office door with a frosted window pane set into it stood opposite the chair. Written on the glass in cursive script were the words Filthy Henry, Fairy Detective. Another set of stairs led up to the next floor, or home as Filthy Henry lovingly referred to it. Other than that, the landing was empty the only source of light coming from a single bulb that hung from the ceiling without a shade over it. The fairy detective unlocked and opened the office door, then went inside. He walked around his desk, placed the coffee cup and muffin down on a pile of papers and dropped into his chair in front of the window. The early morning sunlight filtered through the wooden blinds, giving the office a slightly yellow tint. Thankfully, the poor light helped hide the fact that every filing cabinet, box and piece of furniture in the place had a thick layer of dust over them. Leprechaun came up the stairs and looked around in disgust. He walked into the office, making sure not to touch anything, and stood in front of the desk. 
Why do you work in a place like this? The leprechaun asked. Surely you're not suggesting that I use my powers to further my standing in the human world, Filthy Henry said snidely. After all, wouldn't that break some of the rules? Don't get lippy with me, half-breed, Leprechaun said. You being alive this long is a massive violation of the rules. Just remember how much you owe me and what the cost of not paying on time is. Half-breed. Even after all these years of not caring, the fairy world still threw that phrase at him to try and hurt his feelings. It probably irked them all because he described himself as a fairy detective, which helped cushion the derogatory insults fairy folks used against him. The leprechaun clicked his fingers and a red leather armchair appeared in the room, right in front of Filthy Henry's desk. Magic sparks in the shape of shamrocks ran along the edges of the armchair as it formed. A few multicoloured shamrocks floated in the air and faded from sight. For a moment, Filthy Henry felt a pang of jealousy. If he had tried to do something like that, it would have drained him completely of magical energy, and then some. So badly, in fact, that it would have wound up in a week-long coma. Not to mention the chair would have not looked nearly as nice, or remained around longer than a month. Yet this pint-sized prince of a pain in the arse was able just to conjure up whatever he wanted, no problem. Oh, to be a real fairy, Filthy Henry thought. Leprechaun, trying his best not to look smug at the expression on Filthy Henry's face, and failing miserably, rested his golden cane against the arm of the newly created chair. He climbed into it, with a comedic wiggle of his bum and sat down. Pressing his hands together in front of his face, he stared across his fingertips at Filthy Henry. The fairy detective stared right back. Spit it out, leprechaun. I don't have all day. Have you come to collect earlier, what? Such a foul mood. When all I do is come offering a gift, leprechaun said, feigning shock. He looked directly into Filthy Henry's eyes. The balance has been broken, he said coldly. Not my problem, Filthy Henry said, picking up his coffee to take a drink. So what if one fairy race has done something to another? You lot sort it out amongst yourselves. I only deal with the ones that start making trouble for humans, and you know that. Leprechaun leaned forward in his seat, which made his oversized head seem bigger than his body. But his expression was serious, hinting that jokes were probably not going to be appreciated during this conversation. Listen to me, you freak of nature. This is not some game. The little people were robbed last night. The mother croc was stolen from us. The rules have been broken. But not only that, but they were broken by two humans. Filthy Henry stopped mid-sip. Most of the tales about fairies were true. Although it was not a truth that had been distilled in such a way that humanity did not ask too many questions. As the centuries passed, these truths became tales, finally becoming fairy tales and morphing into something unrecognisable from the truth. But like most myths and legends, they still had to start somewhere. That spark of fact had to be there to get conjured into a believable lie. Otherwise, nobody would ever believe the lie. One true thing about the leprechaun race was the part about their crocks of gold. The magical little pot that never emptied of gold and could be found at the end of a rainbow guarded by a wise and friendly leprechaun. Except that they never sat at the end of a rainbow waiting for some stupid mortal out on a rainy day walk to stumble by and get filthy rich. That was a clear example of truth being transformed into a tall tale. The rainbow was a magical alarm system protecting the croc from being touched by anybody but the leprechaun who owned it. After all, 
It was not just humankind that sought riches and wealth. Fairies did as well. Each crock of gold derived its endless source of wealth from the mother crock. A singular crock that powered every other, kept by the king of the leprechauns. If it ever left his possession for more than a week, rumour had it that every crock in the world would lose its gold-producing powers. Until it was returned to the king, the other crocks were just big pots with finite amount of gold in them. It had become an urban legend amongst fairy kind, something that sounded plausible, but could in no way actually exist. The fact that Le Procon was mentioning it to Filthy Henry meant that the situation was serious. The mother crock was hidden, like all the crocks were, and protected by the most powerful of rainbows. For a human to have somehow figured out a way around all of that, it was an impossible thing to even consider. Hang on, Filthy Henry said, turning in his chair so that he could look Leprechaun directly in the eye. You're trying to tell me that two humans managed to locate and loot your hidden fort, getting around the rainbow alarm in the process. Seriously? Even I couldn't manage that, and I'm the most powerful magic-wielding half-mortal around. Do I look like I'm here to entertain you or something? Leprechaun said. Two humans broke into my little humble fort the other night and stole the mother crock. Humans, without any magical skill at all. Beyond being able to see things they shouldn't be able to see, of course. Filthy Henry leaned back in his seat and whistled appreciatively. That was impressive. If he ever met the brave sods that had pulled the heist, he would buy them a drink. Well, actually he would make them buy him a drink, since now they had an infinite amount of wealth to dispose of. I'm still not entirely sure why you're here, your short ship, Filthy Henry said. Looks to me like you need to hire some better security, when you find the mother croc, that is. Leprechaun sighed, tugging thoughtfully on the end of his beard. I'm here to hire you, the leprechaun said, sounding as cheery about that statement as if he was at a party in a cemetery. The rules are clear on this. It wasn't a fairy that robbed me, so we can't go after them. We need a mediator, and unluckily, you're the only one alive. No thanks to your kind, Filthy Henry interrupted. Not my kind half-breed, Leprechaun protested. But let's not rake over those old coals. It has been decided that we need to hire you to find the thieves and get back what's mine. It really should not have, but this conversation made Filthy Henry feel really good. Generally, his dealings with the fairy world involved sorting out troublemaker fairies who were terrorising a human somewhere. Fairies breaking the rules potentially exposing the fairy world to mortals. The odd time he managed to convince a fairy to help him pull off a con on some gullible American tourists, splitting the take 50-50. Those little scams help pay the bills most months. So to have an important fairy, especially Leigh Procon, show up on his doorstep looking for help, well that was a clear dear diary moment right there. I presume, Filthy Henry said, sipping at his coffee, that there will be some form of payment for this job. Compensation, expenses, that sort of thing. You're a devil, half-breed. Anyone ever tell you that? Only your kind, every chance they get, Filthy Henry said, taking a mouthful of his drink. Well, yes, there is payment for the job. One I think you will like, Lay Procon smiled. How about I wipe your debt clean? Filthy Henry spat out a mouthful of coffee, spraying the far wall. He wiped his chin on the back of his hand, checking to make sure no drops were waiting to stain his clothes. Define clean, he asked. We're both speaking English here, you idiot. Clean is clean. You won't owe me anything at all. Judging from your lovely place of work here, I don't think you were coming close to getting the cash together anyway. 
Nice to see you invested what you borrowed so well. I don't come to you for financial advice, Filthy Henry said. Nope, you just come for the financing part. The advice I give for free. It was a good offer. There was no denying that. The debt was sizable. The terms of defaulting undesirable. Leprechaun was the most ruthless leprechaun around. Hence why he had lasted so long as the big cheese. An opportunity to get squared away with him was too good for Filthy Henry to turn down. And Leprechaun knew it. But the fact that his high shortship had come out to see him rather than summon Filthy Henry, suggested that he did not just want his help, but he needed it, and the fairy world needed it. Which meant that the payment terms could be improved. There was room for negotiation. That's a nice offer, Filthy Henry said, nodding his head with approval. But I think you can sweeten the pot a little. Lay Procon's eyes opened wide with surprise. Sweeten? Do you know how many people have ever had the offer of their debt being wiped by me? I'll give you a hint. There are a lot more of the same digit in the amount you owe me. Yeah, and I'm guessing you can count them out on no fingers as well. So what? No, I think if I were to take on this case I'd want a little extra. Nothing too major, nothing crazy. Just one small extra little thing. Tiny in fact, you won't even miss it. The fairy detective continued to drink his coffee, which had started to go cold, and said no more. It would give Leprechaun time to consider his options which Filthy Henry figured were very low. The rules were the rules after all. If a human was somehow involved in this, then they needed a half-breed's help in tracking them down. Sending a full-blood fairy to do the job would have resulted in more rules being broken, which meant the fairy detective was not so much a last resort as he was the only option, making his request more of a veiled ultimatum with two options, agree or sod off. What's the extra? Leprechaun asked, through gritted teeth. Filthy Henry tossed his empty coffee cup into the waste paper basket at the end of the desk and smiled. I want one wish, he said, to be granted by you. Something snapped in Leprechaun's head, some muscle attached to his eyelid. It was the only explanation as to why his left eye started to twitch so violently all of a sudden. He just sat there, silently, with his eyelid doing a little jig on its own. Technically, the legend about capturing a leprechaun and getting three wishes was untrue. But that didn't mean they didn't have the ability to grant wishes. Filthy Henry figured asking for more than one wish would have been pushing his luck. Besides, he would no doubt have only wasted the second one on something stupid. As it stood, he had already decided what he wanted to use the one wish on. The same thing he had wished for his entire life. The only thing that no amount of magic, full blood or not, could grant him. To get it, he needed the reality-bending abilities of a wish, something only a leprechaun could do, something none of them did lightly. Leprechaun took a deep breath and closed his eyes. You'll abide by the rules of the wishes, he asked. You can trust me, Filthy Henry said, grinning. No, I bloody well can't half-breed, the leprechaun said, but this is one of those times where it's better to make a deal with the half-blood you know. So I am their only option, Filthy Henry thought. Fine. Leprechaun said, reaching over the table with his hand. You have a deal, but the extra is going to mean that I want this done inside of the week. I don't want any of the other crocs to stop making gold. No other leprechaun is to know that I lost possession of the mother croc, or it will be the end of me. Filthy Henry grabbed the leprechaun's hand and shook it three times, sealing the deal between them. Two sparks leapt up, one from each of their hands, and danced together in the air for a heartbeat before vanishing. 
The deal was a magical contract now. Done, Filthy Henry said. Two humans with an endless supply of gold were not going to be difficult to find, let alone deal with. Humans were nothing if not predictable. That wish would be as good as his by the end of the day. Lay Procon let go of the fairy detective's hand and climbed down from the leather armchair. He took out a light green hanky from a suit pocket and vigorously wiped the hand which Filthy Henry had shook. You'll no doubt be interacting with our world a lot more than usual, the leprechaun said. So I'll try and make sure every race knows to offer you assistance. I'll be in touch. With that, Leprechaun turned and left the office, walking back down the stairs and left Filthy Henry alone with his thoughts. The fairy detective heard the stairs creaking, followed by the street door opening. He reached over and picked up the muffin. It looked extra tasty this morning for some reason. Breakfast of champions, he said. Filthy Henry bit into the muffin, enjoying the taste the moment it hit his tongue. The downside to having magic did have one upside, it had to be said. Being able to eat whatever the hell you wanted and use a little magic to burn off the calories was the best gym or diet regime in existence. No monthly membership fees. No irritating sweaty people clustered around you on a treadmill. You ordered a pizza, ate the entire thing, then let the fatty goodness get converted into manna. The meeting with Leprechaun had unnerved Filthy Henry a little more than he was willing to admit. If a human, any human, had figured out that the fairy world was a real thing, it meant trouble. What a human had managed to steal from a fairy meant a new word had to be created in the English language to describe an even bigger level of trouble. A knock on the glass panel of the office door drew Filthy Henry back from his mouth-watering muffin meditations. Standing in the doorway was the woman from the street. A good-looking woman, which was a rare thing when it came to the usual female visitors of Filthy Henry's workplace. Her hair was long, a chestnut-brown colour, and she had a dazzling pair of blue eyes. There was a nice shape to every part of her body. All the bits looked exactly as eye-pleasing as they should. I'm closed for the next half hour, he said, taking another bite from his breakfast. She may have been attractive, but he was in the middle of breakfast after all. Certain standards of living had to be adhered to. I was told you're a private investigator, one that dealt in special cases, the woman said, her hands fidgeting as she spoke. I am, Filthy Henry said, chewing on another mouthful of muffin. Well, I want to hire you to find my cat, she said. She's a very special cat and... Filthy Henry held up his hand, indicating that the woman should stop talking. He looked her over once again, but would never have guessed that she was a crazy cat lady. They generally frequented his office as well but clearly all of them subscribed to the same fashion magazines. Magazines which said that the current yesteryear and future look for a woman obsessed with cats was wild straw-like hair, one crazy roving eye, smoke-stained teeth and clothes that had not seen the light of day since 1950. Look, he said, disappointed that this was some new attractive breed of crazy cat lady before him. I'm not some sort of pet detective. You say you lost your cat. I'm going to save you my considerable fee and solve the case for you now, in two minutes. Kitty has either run away and found itself a new owner that feeds it some treats it prefers, or there's a red stain on the road somewhere near your house that wasn't there the day before. Thanks, and tell your friends. I could use the business. He smiled at her, then took another bite from the muffin. The woman looked hurt by what Filthy Henry had just said, tears welling up in her eyes. I'm sorry to have wasted your time then, she said. Obviously the short man with the golden cane has given you a case worth a lot more than finding my cat. Goodbye. She turned and went back down the stairs. Filthy Henry stared after her, 
mouth open wide. Fairy folk could not be seen by normal people, full stop. Well, more a semicolon, but it was still an extremely rare thing. People that had slight mental problems saw fairies, but society had a great way of dealing with these people and kept them all locked up in one nice location, to help them get better of course. Drunkards sometimes caught sight of fairy folk, but in the cold light of sobriety, after a night of binge drinking, it was easily swept under the logic carpet, as a great night of fun with the only question being, why were the girls on that hen's night dressed up like pixies? But the woman had not been young enough to have imaginary friends. She was definitely sober, and did not seem to be a nut job. Cat thing pushed momentarily to the side. Which meant that a normal human had seen Leprechaun dealing with Filthy Henry in the middle of the street. Coincidences were things that the fairy detective believed happened to other people. He wolfed down the last morsel of his breakfast and ran after the woman. In the world of magic, coincidences just meant things were more intertwined than one would expect. Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are available on Amazon Kindle. This audio version was narrated by Niall Milton. 